Hello out there, this is Jim, and I am coming to you from the road once again. I'm going to hope there's not too much ambient noise. I am in Arkansas. I left Michigan yesterday, and I'm on my way across the country to see the sights on my way probably back to California. I have had a wonderful 24 hours. It has been, it has been awesome. Uh, I can't remember the last time I published one of these things. I've recorded a lot of them. I can't remember the last time I actually had, I think it was late April. A few days after I published the last one of these things, I got my call to be vaccinated. Uh, I got the Pfizer one, so the double dose of COVID protection. That's been done. Uh, so I, like much of the rest of this country, am now getting back to normal. I, I got to tell you, so I left Detroit yesterday and drove as far as I could. I got as far as Benton Harbor and just sort of thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to stop now. So I stayed at a hotel and honestly, it was um, kind of pricey, but I, 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 they had a fitness center there. So I went, I went there and just worked out. Like I lifted weights, they used the elliptical and the cycling machine. And it has been so long since I have been able to go to a gym and do that. It was so nice. I think the last time I did that was probably a couple days before shelter in place hit San Francisco. I can't remember when they closed the gym in my building, but it, it was, I miss that so much. My arms are so sore. It's marvelous. And then I got back to my room and despite it being a pretty nice hotel, I could hear the couple next to me. They were like a middle-aged couple. And so they were kind of like talking about, I couldn't tell what they were saying, but you could make out the texture of the conversation. It was kind of like, I don't know, they were talking about the kids or some, some middle-aged person bullshit, you know? And then I like heard her moaning for a while. I think they were having sex. That went on for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes maybe. And then finally that ended. And then there was like some quiet talking and there was like some heated discussion like they were arguing with each other typical couple shit but you know and this I could hear all of this through the wall I'm just lying there in the darkness like trying to fall asleep but my adrenaline's pumping from the workout and I can hear these people arguing and I was like I don't even care that I that this is keeping me awake I don't care this is great I, I I'm so happy that things are like back to normal now. I gotta hand it to whoever is in whoever is in charge, whoever caused all of this. It seems like the United States is now a post COVID world in many respects. It's so nice. I I am I just left Memphis. I decided to stop in Memphis. Um I'm on my way to Austin, Texas. But I'm I, I stopped in Memphis just for the evening. I wanted to walk uh, around downtown. 
And so I walked Main Street, and I found uh, I found Beale Street. I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, I saw the movie The Firm with Tom Cruise based on the John Grisham novel, which is set in Memphis. It's like a 30-year-old movie. But like at the beginning of the film, when they're first down in Memphis, they're like on a street somewhere, and there's like street food, and there's like bars and restaurants, and people are out and doing stuff. And uh, that's what I was looking for. That's Beale Street. And yeah, it's the street was closed off, and there was just people all over. It was just packed. People were like watching music. People were out in bars. Almost no one had masks on. And I was just strolling down the street like, yeah, you know what? This is what life is supposed to be like. This is what uh, this is what reality is when you're not hiding from a goddamn virus in your house. Ah, it was so nice. Ah, I missed all of this. And I look forward to continuing to experience all of it. Anyway, yeah, so life back on the road. Uh, this is, this is fun. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, I guess I'm trying to distract myself. I left, uh, you know, I had to leave my parents, um, you know, yesterday. And I had to leave my little, uh, my little cockatiel. Uh, his name is Sprite. Uh, he's kind of been like my mascot uh, all winter. I'm just kind of like, I was taking care of him. He's really, really old. He's like, I think the life expectancy of cockatiels in the wild is 15. Uh, in captivity, they, they tend to live to be maybe 20, I think is the expectancy. The one we have is like 25. He's an old, long in the tooth kind of dude. Uh, he can't fly, so I've kind of like been, I spent the winter like kind of carrying him around, trying to make him feel like he has a normal life. Like we learned, we worked out a system of communication. So if he wanted something, wanted to go somewhere, I would figure out what he wanted and take him there. And, you know, um, so that's, that's, that's been what I've been doing outside of work. It's just taking care of this bird. And I had to like say goodbye to him and I'm, you know, chances are good. He's probably going to keel over. Uh, before I have a chance to get back there. So it was, you know, kind of bittersweet. It was like a goodbye. So I'm, I'm kind of recording this thing now to distract myself from that. Um, not that I need much distracting. Like this is all just great. I am so happy. But anyway, um, let's see, last night, last night I was driving across Michigan on I-94 and I, so, I don't know if, you, if you've ever encountered one of these people on the highway, where like, okay, so if I'm driving on the highway, I tend to keep a, a fairly constant speed. I'm good at just like freezing my foot and just keeping myself going about the same speed for a while. You know, I can do that. I don't, I've never used cruise control. I think my car has cruise control, but I don't even know how to use it. I just manually keep myself at a steady clip. And so I was doing this last night and I, have you ever like you're doing this and there's like a person you just keep, you like pass them. And then a little bit while later they pass you 
and then you catch up to them again and you, you, you pass them again. And then later they, they pass you again. It's like they're speeding up and slowing down relative to you. And so they kind of oscillate, you know, ahead of you and behind you. It's weird. You just keep saying like the same vanity license plate over and over again. Anyway, so I, I encountered this fellow who, so there was like a pickup truck that was overtaking a semi truck. And the pickup truck is going about as fast as the semi truck. So there's two lanes and both lanes have a person in them that's going about the speed limit. And of course I would like to go faster than that. And naturally there was a person behind me who wants to go even faster than that. And they want to go faster than that quicker than they're going to be able to. And so I'm just, you know, keeping a steady following distance from the pickup truck as he's passing the semi. And the guy behind me decides to get over the right and try and sneak around me and, like, get into the space between me and the pickup truck. Um, And he does this uh, just as I'm, like, catching up to the semi-truck. So he's trying to pass me on the right. There's a semi-truck in the right lane. I'm, I basically, the gap between me and the semi-truck closes just as he makes it up there to try and cut me off. And I just kind of, I didn't quite look at him, but I kind of like looked his way and just kind of shook my head like, yeah, just SMH. How, what are you doing, man? Come on. Like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm not going slow to piss you off. I'm going as fast as I can, but there's somebody in front of me. And so this fellow, like, he, basically he got back behind me. And as soon as I had overtaken both of these trucks, they got over to the right. I got over to the right in front of them and I let him pass me. And he got in front of me and then immediately started slowing down. So, you know, I had been going like 80, 85, um, you know, after I passed the trucks, maybe 10 or 15 over the speed limit. And, you know, he overtook me even faster than that, got in front of me and then proceeded to slow down gradually and started going maybe 75, somewhere between 70 and 75. It was like slower than he was going when he was trying, like basically when we were trying to overtake the truck, he ended up going slower than that. And I was behind him and I was like, you know what? I think this guy is holding a grudge. I don't know why, but I just have this sense that he wants me to pass him and he's going to like screw with me somehow. So I was like, you know, I'm not in a hurry. I'm just going to like fall back and let it lie. But then this whole thing happened. Like I, I ended up like passing him. I waited for a caravan of cars and I just sort of snuck in between two cars and like passed him. But later he passed me again. And then later I caught up to him. Like there was this whole thing where I was like going back and forth and I was like, is he, is he just thinking, is this like a dish best served cold kind of situation? He's thinking I'm going to forget 
what happened, and then he's going to screw with me. But I, I, I saw him like almost hit a semi truck that was trying to merge onto the highway. He didn't get out of its way. And, and I was kind of like, yeah, I think he might just be drunk or something or an idiot. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like when you're on the road, being on the road, there's not a whole lot to do. Like you, you kind of start, you start wanting to be paranoid and coming up with these narratives about how other people might be screwing with you. Uh, just for a little bit of melodrama and just to keep yourself engaged in what's happening on the road. You know, I know not everybody's out to get me. That's not, uh, that's not what I'm thinking, but you, you just kind of got to keep yourself amused. Anyway. Yeah, so I have left, I have left Detroit. And that's about all there is to say about that. I um, have been doing a lot of biking. Like, uh, for a while, my car was not street legal. Um, my car was registered in California. I think I've mentioned this story before. But in brief, uh, my car was registered in California. And I renewed the registration from my address in Michigan. And California decided that this was the year that I needed to get a smog check in order to get my tags. And the smog check has to happen in California. You can't do that out of state anywhere. So there is a it is an exemption an extension you can file. It says like, look, I can't do the smog check now because my car is out of state, but I promise I will do it as soon as I get back. Just give me a pass now and I'll, I'll do it when I get back. So I did that and it said like, make sure you leave about two months for that to happen. So I sent it in like early March and my registration expired mid-May. So I was like, just about two months, just over two months. I was like, this might be a photo finish kind of situation. Uh, registration expired mid-May. Uh, I didn't have uh, my tags, hadn't heard anything from the California DMV. I went to the Michigan Secretary of State. That's, I was like, maybe I can just register the car here, get it legal in Michigan before I hit the road. But Secretary of State of Michigan, there's a whole there's a whole process to getting an appointment. There's a very, very long wait time. It wasn't fun. Uh, it was very, very difficult. I was like, by the time I actually get a an appointment in Michigan and register my car, if that's even possible, I'm probably going to be gone. So I just said, okay, you know what? The hell with it. I'm just going to bolt back to California. Like, I'm just going to take my car and all my DMV paperwork, everything I have, and just say, like, look, if I get pulled over by a cop somewhere, I'll just say, here's the situation. And I'm on my way to California right now. It's the only thing I'm doing, you know, driving directly back there, going to get the car street legal, and then, you know, then I might drive around a bit, cruise the country. 
Well, it is June 19th today, and my tags showed up mysteriously on Wednesday. I, I had planned to leave on Friday, just to, like, book it back to California. Uh, and then they, they showed up. Took about three months. More than that. But I, I guess California was like, yeah, you can wait on your smog check. So I now have a street legal car and I am going to cruise around the country. City hopping week by week. Uh, until I get sick of doing that and need somewhere to live. So, yeah. Thank you, California. You rock. That just made my, my day. But so for about a month there, I did not have a car that I was like allowed to drive. So I, I only did it when I really needed to. If I had to go run an errand for my mom or something, you know, I would, I would chance it, you know, carefully. Um, but for the most part, when I was going out recreationally, I was using uh, a bicycle. Like uh, a bicycle that my my mom got from a friend who recently passed away, and that was perfect. That was that was good exercise. Um, but I was I was cruising to downtown Rochester, which was maybe seven miles away, and that was that was a tricky drive because it was like downhill and with the wind on the way there. And on the way home, it was always uphill and against the wind. It was it was brutal getting home. It's like the, you want it to be hard when you first go out, and then easy getting home. But it was the opposite. But I was going to downtown Rochester, and I passed like some people who were riding their bikes, and there was this one guy who he was like standing on this bike. And he was like using the pedals, like he was standing and pedaling like the bike was an elliptical machine. And it had the smallest little wheels, like not like normal sized bike wheels. They must have been like maybe a foot in diameter, if that. And he was just like booking it along, like it was it was crazy. It looks so like it looked like so much fun. Like I I would bike more often. If I didn't have to sit, I, I I learned that there are actually standing bikes that you're supposed to stand on them by design. That's that is what I need to obtain. But I I went to a bike shop. Um, this particular time, I was going to downtown Rochester to uh, get a bike lock for the bike that I was using. And I mentioned this uh, this elliptical machine bicycle that I saw this guy cruising on. And the guy was like, yeah, I think we have one of those. He was like, it's in the repair area uh, over there in the back. You can go take a look. Uh, but I, I think that's what you're talking about. And I went back and it was exactly what they had. They had one sitting there. Uh, it was called an elliptigo. Like elliptical, but instead of cool, it's like elliptigo. Um, and the guy was like, yeah, did you, did you see a guy like on a green one that looked just like that? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, that guy's got two of them and we have his second one in here for repair now. You probably saw him riding his other one. 
He was like, yeah, that guy's all over town with that thing. Um, anyway, I looked up, I looked up these bikes, these elliptical bikes. They are not, uh, cheap things, but they look like a lot of, uh, they look a lot of fun. Um, this is what I like about living in this day and age is that, uh, if you, if you wanted a bicycle in the 1950s, I think your options were pretty limited. Like you probably couldn't do much in the way of novelty. You could just get like the standard bicycle, either for boys or for girls or men or women, whatever. Uh, maybe you could get one of those old time bikes with a gigantic front wheel that you could sit on with the two back wheels. You know, um, but not like today. Today there's like so many different, like you could just go find these crazy designs. Like, people are, like, fanatics. There are people who specialize in, like, welding together weird-looking bikes. And there's companies that produce these things. It's like, if you want to do something weird, if you want to be a weirdo, it's, like, the easiest time in history to do that. I love, yeah, I love how liberal everything is. Anyway. Yeah, I think I want to start biking more. Okay, so another story from the road. I think I was cruising through Illinois this morning. Yeah, and one of my indicator lights started flashing and then it uh, just sort of stayed on and I thought it was like my check engine light Uh, so I was like okay that's maybe not good that could be something urgent so I started looking on my phone for auto parts stores Thing is, I, I used to have a code reader. Like one of the, your check engine light comes on, it means your engine threw a code. It logs it into a little computer system and you can get a scanner that reads these things. It'll be like, you know, P009 or something like that. And you have to look up what that means, uh, like on the internet. I used to have one of these scanners, but, uh, the one I had died and I've been meaning to get another one. And so I thought, okay, I'll go try and find one of those. There were a couple of Napa auto parts that were nowhere near the highway. Uh, but there was this little place, like, called Henderson's. Uh, it was like maybe eight miles from where I was, up the, up the interstate, in a little city called Mounds. And so I was like, okay, Henderson's it is. Let's see, I'll go, go support some indie mechanic and get myself a code reader and figure out what the hell's going on and maybe he can fix my car for me depending on the issue uh so i pulled off in mounds and it was a it was a tiny little city it um yeah i i very very rural area but it was like a little kind of tiny downtown area and so i pulled into the mechanic's uh, place, and it was just this building, 
uh, you know, that was just old and decrepit and filled with a bunch of car junk, you know, I guess like if you were to take O'Reilly auto parts, like they have that counter and then the shelves behind them. If you were to just put that into a barn, uh, that's basically what this felt like. Um, anyway, this cute old guy came out from behind the counter and I, I told him, check engine light, can I buy a scanner? And he was like, we don't sell them. He's like, but I have one. You can borrow it and go scan the code if you want. So I took it out and there was nothing and the check engine light wasn't even on anymore. So I took it back inside and was like, yeah, no dice, but thanks. I think I'm good. Uh, but I looked in the, the manual. I came back out to the car and checked it. It wasn't the check engine light. It was like the low tire pressure uh, indicator. And so I have a little thing. I checked my tire pressure, and one of them was a little bit low. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll just tap that one, top that one off. And then, you know, let's see if that fixes the issue. So I have a little air compressor. I pulled that out of my trunk and plugged it into the, uh, whatever the cigarette lighter jack, whatever those things are, the AC outlets that your car has that are round. And, uh, tried to pump up the tire. The thing didn't turn on, the little air compressor. And so I checked the actual outlet. The outlet wasn't putting out any power. And so I checked the fuses on that, and the fuses on both of the outlets I have in my car were blown. I think I know that happened. It was like a, about a month ago, I was... Uh, they kind of face upward, and I dropped like some gum, like a, like a gum wrapper, with like crumble up into a ball, like with the tin foil on the outside. Like I dropped one of those things in there, and I, I was fumbling with my finger trying to get it out, and I couldn't. I ended up having to get like a pair of pliers and like carefully squeeze it and pull it out. And I think I shorted it out. Like, I think that it made contact with the, I don't want to get technical here, but I was like, I think that probably short circuited the damn thing and it's going to cause some problems. I never ended up checking it. I never followed up on that. Um, but I think that's exactly what happened. I think I blew the fuses that way. So I went in and bought a couple fuses from this fellow. Uh, replaced them, totally did the trick, and then I uh, then I pumped up the tire and headed off. Uh, it, was, it was kind of like, if you're familiar with the term yak shaving, yak shaving is where you go to try to do one thing and then some other problem happens and you have to solve that problem, but then there's something else that's blocking you from solving that problem, so you end up trying to Basically, there's this chain of problems that you go down. And the, the prototypical example of this is like a meme from Malcolm in the Middle, where, uh, what, what is the dad's name? The Brian Cranston character? Is his name Hal? I feel like that's the computer from 2001, like a space odyssey. Is his? Anyway, the dad and Malcolm in the middle has to go replace a light bulb. So he goes into the closet to get the light bulb, but he uh, opens the drawer and it's creaking. So he goes to like get some like WD-40. Anyway, it ends up with him needing to go to the store to get a part to replace something somewhere in this chain. 
and the car doesn't start. So he's under the car, like trying to get the car ready to start. And his wife comes in and says, like, you know, did you uh, did you change the light bulb in the hallway? And he comes out from under the car and he's like, what does it look like I'm doing? It was kind of like that. It was like this chain of things that just kept. Uh, anyway, it all worked out. But I was uh, in this guy's parking lot. This like on the there wasn't even pavement. This is the kind of city we're talking about. There's no paved anything. It's just dirt. So I'm outside, like, on this gravel, dirt, uh, you know, I guess it's a parking lot. It's the space in front of the building where people put their cars. I wouldn't call it a parking lot. But I'm there. I have the hood up. You know, the, the, the fuse box is open. And I got a couple fuses pulled out. And I've got the air compressor, like, hooked up to a tire and uh, the cords running inside. And I'm sitting inside trying to figure out, like, something on my phone. And a guy came up to me and was like, hey, uh, I just pulled off the interstate. There's something wrong with my car. Do you know where I can... Do you know anybody who works on cars around here? And I think he was trying to be cheeky. You know, like, I, he assumed that I worked there. And he was asking me for my help. And uh, I was like... You know, I, I know it looks like I'm doing some car stuff here, but I, I don't. I, I, I would just like you. I had something happen on the interstate, and I'm here trying to fix it. Uh, but I, I, I can't help you, man. So he, I guess I look legit. But in any case, when I was on the highway looking for the exit for this mechanic, uh, Henderson's, I saw a sign uh, close to the exit. And I was like, well, there it is. I saw like H, you know, like about the right number of letters. And as I got closer to the sign, I realized, I looked at it, it didn't say Henderson's Auto Repair. It said Huckleberry's uh, Pub. And it said like, best catfish or something, you know, like come, come eat our catfish. And I was like, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. So I asked the guy at the mechanic shop when I was buying the fuses. Um, I said, uh, so, how is Huckleberry? Is it uh, any good? He was like, yeah. He was like, it's, it's good. If you, uh, for what it is, it's, it's really good. You should definitely stop over there. He's like, I think it's the same, the same cook they've, uh, they've always had. So it's definitely worth your while. So I went over there and ordered a catfish lunch, like three pieces of catfish, and uh, three sides, uh, three different kinds of beans, like uh, black-eyed peas, baked beans, and green beans. And yeah, that, that, that came out, and I have to say that was the best meal I have had in a long time. It was so delicious. This is, I got, I got to plug it. This is Huckleberry's Pub in Mounds, Illinois. If you're ever there, stop and eat. They were recommending pizza. I, I, I wished at the end of eating everything that I'd still been hungry because I would have just like ordered a pizza and eaten it because I know it would have been amazing. Don't know what they're doing, but it was so good. I haven't eaten a meal that good in... No offense to my mom's cooking, but it's been a long winter of just pretty basic stuff. 
you know, I, it was it was so good. It was seasoned so well. Everything was just delicious. It's the kind of meal you have, and afterwards you're like, I gotta learn how to cook like this. You know, you never do, but it's the kind of meal that makes you say that for like the next day or so. You're like, I gotta like I gotta like start watching some Alton Brown, figure out what the hell I'm doing. Oh, but it was it was so good. Anyway. That was just completely happenstance. If, like, the low tire pressure indicator hadn't popped on at just that moment, you know, seven or eight miles away from this exit that happens to have this amazing restaurant with, like, catfish. I, 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 there's, I, it was just like, it was serendipity. You know, I think the universe was trying to say, maybe slow down. You know, you're making very good time on your way to, you know, get to Texas. But stop and smell the roses. I meant to stop and, uh, you know, actually stop somewhere in Memphis and get some barbecue. Um, But honestly, after the catfish lunch, I was not hungry before I left. And I'm on my way to Texas. I'm going to be in Austin for a week. I got a feeling that uh, I'm probably going to be able to hook myself up with some barbecue pretty easily on that tour. I'm open, so I don't think the opportunity has passed me by. I'm, I think I'm about an hour outside of Little Rock. I'll be stopping there. I don't actually know anything about Little Rock. I think it's the capital of Arkansas. That pretty much exhausts. Um, I don't even know that for sure. So it's, uh, I, I guess I don't know anything about Arkansas. Um, but I don't know what it's known for. I don't know if there's a certain kind of cuisine. Maybe I'll stop and have that for dinner. Yeah, Forrest, Forrest Gump and Bubba, they were from Alabama. I remember their commanding officer, Gary Sinise, in the movie, like, thought they were from Arkansas. That's all I know about Arkansas, is what I, what I heard in Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got, people. I'm just, uh, I'm just happy. I am just happy that this whole thing looks to be behind us. Um, I, of course, do not want to jinx it by celebrating too hard, too quickly. Because, for all we know, one of the Indian, uh, India variants might make its way here and start uh, screwing with our our wonderful celebration, but, you know, I think I'm happy. It's all going well. And I'm currently 
I am surrounded on all three sides by trucks, which for some reason, I feel very sandwiched right now. This is kind of unnerving. I can't even like pause this, so you're just gonna have to hear me narrate this stressful situation. I got a truck to my right, there's one right on my ass, and I'm pretty close to one. It's like, yeah, uh, it always bothers me when trucks try to pass each other, but now I got one that seems to want me to go faster and somehow go through the truck that is directly in front of me, which I cannot. Well, in any case, I'm not going to let that ruin my good time, my good mood. Yeah, so Memphis. Thing is, I've... I was kind of surprised by Memphis. It was not... Well, you can probably hear that. Noisy trucks. Yeah, Memphis was nice. I was considering... I was like, I'm on my way to Austin right now. But I was like, chances are good if I really like it, I could swing back up and spend a week up here. Man, this is messed up. Okay, so now there's something happening on the side of the road. Somebody's repairing something. So everybody's slowing down. So there's a truck on the left that's trying to overtake a couple of trucks on the right. And there's a truck behind me that wants to go faster. Um, So I'm just sort of pinned in this situation. And now everybody's hitting their brakes. Um, yeah, this is screwed up. In any case, I'm definitely looking for some place to find... What the hell? There's a semi-truck that is right on me. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, Steven Spielberg's first ever movie was a made-for-TV film. I think it was like a few years before Jaws came out. It was called Duel. And it's about this businessman who's driving through the desert. And he ends up like kind of getting on the outs with this uh, guy who's driving a very, very large diesel truck. And the guy in the truck just gets angry and starts trying to kill him with his truck. Really holds a grudge. He won't let it go. Like, like the main guy driving his car, he does everything he can to try and get rid of the guy, to try and ditch him, to somehow lose him. And he just can't. The guy's just one step ahead of him every, every step of the way. It's um, kind of a flimsy premise for an entire film. I think it's actually based on a short story by Richard Matheson. Um, maybe a, it can't be a novel. I don't see how you can make a novel out of that. 
But anyway, yeah, Spielberg's, uh, I think, first, uh, first directorial debut. There was a tautology there. Um, but yeah, the, I'm out of the situation now. The trucks, I'm, I'm out of that, uh, that whole clusterfuck with the trucks, but I had like a big semi right on me. Like a hemorrhoid. Like I could just see his grill in my rear view mirror. And it felt like that. It felt like that truck driver, like that homicidal maniac trying to kill the guy in the car. It felt like Dennis Weaver for a second. Anyway. It's all good. There's a whole lot of semis on this. I guess that's one thing I know about Arkansas now. There's like tons of semis on the highway and they all seem to be passing each other as casually as cars seem to pass each other. This is, uh, yeah, there's some very bold truck drivers down here. In any case, I wonder what they think of me. Like I've got California plates on my car, just cruising along, you know? Same thing that screams fish out of water. Plus, I have not cut my hair yet. I am really, really sick of having long hair. Like, it is just constantly getting in my mouth. I've got to, I've got to, like, do something about this. But anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm like this uh, guy in a car with California plates, you know, just sort of walking around with this long ass hair, like some sort of goddamn hippie. Like, <laughs> I gotta be sticking out like a sore thumb at the moment. And we're getting some dual action. I am still in the left lane, still passing, and I got a truck right on me. This is crazy. They are bold down here. I like it. They got spunk. I'm going over a bridge right now. I don't know how much ambient noise that generates. And now we got another truck passing the other truck that was just on me, and he's coming up. Wow. Do trucks not understand in this state that they have a very lengthy braking distance? I'm getting the fuck out of this person's way. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm like passing cars on the right just to... Dude. Yeah, you know something? I am going to cut this one short. It's been good catching up with y'all, but for some reason there is a whole bunch of semi-truck drivers that are just uh, um, not respecting uh, the rules of the road. I think these people, I think these truck drivers maybe uh, have a chip on their shoulder about something that us normal motorists uh, do. So I'm going to stop this recording and stop talking and uh, just focus my energy and attention on 
trying to get the bloody hell away from all of them. Uh, yeah, let's continue this another time. I hope you are vaccinated as well and resuming normal life, maskless, the way things were in the before times. Uh, you, uh, you take care of yourself out there, and I will be in touch. Cheerio.